So I'll quickly explain why I'm going to stand in one place today. Um, <laughs> so I'm cleaning out the garage, right? And there's a big piece of plywood in the garage. And I thought, and it's a kind of a plywood with a laminate finish on it. And I thought, it's pretty heavy, so I'm going to carry it on my back. And so I started carrying it on my back. And I was walking along and it got caught in a branch outside because I was taking it to our shed. And it got stuck and it was going back. So I thought, nah, just let it go and hit the ground. And instead of hitting the ground, it scraped around the back of my leg until it hit my heel. And I have 30 stitches in my heel. So I can't, I'll tell you what, it's, if it was on my arm, I wouldn't even tell you because I just like put a bandaid on it and move on. But in your heel, it's kind of hard to move around. So that's why I'm staying stationary this morning. Um, so if you think, why isn't he walking around? And someone said, you should sit down the whole time. I, I, I can't sit and talk. Okay. It's like if someone tied my hands behind me, they'd be like, so here's the thing. We're talking um, about anxiety, overcoming anxiety this morning. And I don't know why most people get anxious like me this morning. And you know, I'm up here with 30 stitches in my heel. I saw some watermarks on the back wall there. The heat wasn't working in here. The heat wasn't working out there this morning for some reason. So I don't see why people get anxious about anything. What's the big deal, right? What's the problem in our lives? So here's what we're going to do this morning. We are going to close out, very sadly, we're going to close out our series, How Big Is Your God? And then we're going to go into a series next week called Uncompromising. And we're going to go through the book of Daniel. We're going to study through part of the book of Daniel, which I'm really excited about. I thought about this last series and all the things that we went through, all the stories that we were able to tell, and how dynamic that was for our church to learn about some of those things. And I thought, what book of the Bible would be great to follow up what we just went through. And so we're going to talk about the book of Daniel. Now, we've been talking about overcoming the, the bondage, if you will. And I always walk over there, right? And I say, here's bondage and the things that we need to work through, things that we need to overcome to, to help us become the best that we can be for Jesus Christ. And we're going from bondage to the promised land. That's what we've been talking about. How do we overcome the things that are holding us back? We set goals for ourselves, different goals. What goals did you think about it? What goals did you set for yourself? Now, maybe you've gotten a little bit down the road or a little bit down the path, but there's a a long way to go. That's okay. As long as you're on that road, as long as you're continuing to move forward. One of the areas I've talked about a few times is the area of anxiety, stress and anxiety. And when I bring that up, I get a lot of response. It seems to hit a chord for everyone, just about in everyone's life at at different times in our lives. We feel that anxiety. We feel that stress. The everyday concerns, the future concerns, the what might happens, right? What might happen? We start thinking about 2017, all the things that might be coming in 2017, and it causes us to stress. So the question is, how do we how do we overcome it? So I've done a lot of research and study in this area. And one of the things I've learned is that from a cultural standpoint, in our society in general, their answer is pretty much prescription drugs or um, supplements. And I'm not saying that in some cases, in many cases, that's it's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong at all. Because some people have real anxiety problems where they have, where they have, um, they just get panic attacks and things like that, and they don't know why. So it's not really a thought process. It's just this panic attack that they get. And I understand that sometimes you need that. But that's pretty much what our culture offers. Or 
What I find as a pastor I see in the lives of people is anesthetizing. In other words, you know, you drink your way through it or you take illegal drugs or, you know, you just basically put up with it. You say, well, this is just the way my life is and I just accept the way my life is. Well, the Bible has a better answer. In Philippians chapters 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the first question that we really have to answer this morning is what's the difference? I'm not sure if you ever thought about this. I did because I studied the passage. But what is the difference between a prayer and a petition? Right? It says that right in the beginning, do not be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition. So what's the difference between the two? A petition is when we make a request to God to take some action on our behalf. Okay, that's a petition. We make a request to God that he should take some action on our behalf. So God, please help me overcome my anxiety. God, help me to overcome this issue or that issue. You're asking him to take some specific action in your life. Okay, so that's a petition. It's a request to God. Prayer, on the other hand, just prayer is all communication, any communication with God. So you think a petition, it's a specific prayer, but prayer, you know, prayer is a little different because it's all communication with God, how we communicate with God. All petitions, all petitions presented to God, okay, are basically delivered as prayer. All petitions are delivered as prayer, but not all, not all, not all forms of prayer, okay, are petitions. For example, thanksgiving. Right? Praise. When we confess our sins. They're not petitions. So, petition is a type of prayer. It's a kind of prayer. But it's not the only kind of prayer. So we don't want to separate those two things. It says prayer and petition. So you're asking God to, to do something, to take action on your behalf. So it is a prayer, but it's a specific kind of prayer. So, here's the thing. Those are important distinctions that we need to make as we walk through this. These are tough decisions in our lives. If you want to go from bondage, if your bondage is your anger, if your bondage is your anxiety and your worry, these are things that we need to process through that God needs to really work on. You can't just say, you can't just say, well, you know, I'm anxious and uh, I have, uh, I worry so much and. I'm sure it'll go away tomorrow. You've got to look at the word of God and you've got to take the bull by the horns and say, God, help me overcome this. Give me the wisdom to overcome it. Give me the strength to overcome it. Show me, Lord, how I can overcome this. The Bible tells us not to be anxious. It's not going to ask us to do something that we cannot accomplish. And say it was easy, but the Bible is not going to say, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, present your request to God. The Bible is not going to say, do something that's not going to give you the power to do. See, if you think about it, for so many people, think about this. For so many people, the thought of death is not their greatest cause of anxiety. It's living. Right? For so many people, the thought of their death does not cause their greatest anxiety, their feelings of worry and anxiety. It's actually living, the thought of living. Isn't that amazing? 
You're more afraid. Most people are more afraid to live and live their lives in freedom than they are to die. People don't, most people don't sit around worrying about death. What we do is we worry about tomorrow. What may happen a week from now? What's going to happen in my job? What's going to happen here? So the question is, another question is, what, is, what exactly is anxiety? Okay, what, what is it? Well, it's when we feel uneasy or we, we have this worried feeling or this nervous feeling, typically about a future event, something that's going to happen in the future, something, something that has an uncertain outcome, right? There's an uncertain outcome. I don't know how this is going to turn out. So all of a sudden we get, we get nervous, we get anxious. It's, a, it, it's, it's an emotion characterized by this, this inner turmoil that we go through. You know, you know how it feels. You get this inner tur- turmoil over anticipated events. So you're anticipating something might happen and all of a sudden your brain takes over and creates this inner turmoil. Anxiety is not the same as fear. We sometimes mix those two things up. So see, people who are anxious say, well, I'm, I'm not a fearful person. You're, you're right, you're not. Because anxiety and fear are not the same thing. Fear is a response to real or perceived immediate threats. Okay? Fear, fear is different. Because you're, you're perceiving a real, okay, or a perceived uh, immediate threat, something immediate. For example, you're on a plane, you're on vacation, and you're on a plane. All of a sudden, the plane drops 200 feet or something or whatever, right? And you're, you're you know, you're, 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 you panic, you start to get, that's fear. You didn't hit the ground, maybe your plane never hits the ground, but you know what? The thought that it could hit the ground makes you fearful. You're fishing, right? You're on vacation, you're fishing, and all of a sudden, the bear starts chasing you, comes out of the woods, starts chasing you. Okay? That's legit. You run. That is a legitimate fear. Right? If a bear starts chasing me, I'm going to be fearful. I'm going to run. Here's the thing. Anxiety is the expectation of a future event, a future threat. Here's the difference. Fear, the bear comes out of the woods and starts chasing you for real while you're fishing and you start running. That's legitimate. All right? But... Anxiety is thinking, man, what if I went on vacation fishing and a bear came out of the woods and started chasing me? And then you start thinking about it. Wow, that bear, that bear actually comes. I heard there were bears in the area. I know only 1% of, you know, one person a year is killed by a bear. But that one person could be me. You know what I mean? So I've seen the shows on TV where the bears take the, you know, the fish away from the fish. And then you start to have anxiety over something that it's, it's a future threat. It's a possibility of something that could happen in the future. But your anxiety takes over and you start to worry. Your vacation is ruined because you're, beforehand you're all worried about it. And you're standing there fishing the whole time. You know, what, what happens if? What happens if? It's that, so that's, that's really anxiety. That's the anxiety. Often, it's, a, it's an overreaction to a situation that is only subjectively seen as dangerous or menacing. Right? So I want, that's important that we keep that in our minds. Anxiety can cause, because here's the reality, anxiety can cause a lot of physical and emotional damage in our lives. It really can. Some of you know this full well. 
Your anxiety can control your life. If you don't gain an understanding of why you're feeling the way you're feeling, it can really have a devastating impact on your life. It's paralyzing. It's bondage, right? That's what we're talking about. It's keeping you in bondage. You're, you're saying God calls you to do something, and what does your brain start doing? What if, what if, what if, what if, right? And all the what ifs crowd your mind and rob you of your strength and your desire to do what God has called you to do because Satan comes in and starts putting all the what ifs of anxiety in your life. And so you don't actually go out and do that because you don't know what the future might bring and it's safer just to sit back and not do it. Let someone else do it. Let someone else braver do it. It's not about bravery. It's about anxiety. That's why the Bible says don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Okay, so, so here's the good news. We can all, all of us, can manage, okay, our emotions if we understand what the Bible has to say about them. This is not impossible. You can control, and I'm, again, we're not talking about a, 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 um, a medical issue here, okay? God can still work on those. So I don't want to, I'm not trying to say to people who have medical issues, who have anxiety issues, uh, all you need to do is snap your fingers and change your mind. I understand. I've, I've studied, all right? Uh, God can still bring healing to your life. It'll take maybe a little longer. But I'm talking about these anxious thoughts that really have a profound effect in our lives. And the Bible says we can ma- if we can manage our emotions, and we can manage our emotions if we understand what the Bible has to say about them. Okay, so how do we overcome anxiety? How, and actually, let me ask this first question. Why do we get anxious? That's a better question to start with. Why, why is it that we get anxious? What are the triggers for being anxious? Well, we get anxious many times because we cannot control the future. Okay? You have no control over the future. People, human beings, do not like to have no control over their own future. It bothers us. We want to control things. I love this quote that I found um, from, from Hugh Jackman. He says, there is anxiety, but it comes after you've finished filming because it is out of your hands. So he he gets anxious after the filming is over because then it's out of his hands. He says the people are editing, they're cutting, they're marketing. And it and he says part of your career sort of rides on that. So let's get this clear. Hugh Jackman is not concerned about memorizing his lines. Okay, Hugh Jackson's not concerned about acting and and doing all the things he has to do or all the Logan roles he plays and all these cool stuff he does. He doesn't. That's not his concern. That doesn't cause him anxiety. What causes him anxiety is when the movie is over and the film is put into the hands of the editing, right? The editors and and those who are going to be splicing it and then marketing it because he said my career kind of hangs on what they choose to do. So he gets anxious when he is no longer in control. That's when anxiety comes, when I'm no longer in control. Anxiety comes from a lack of certainty and control over the future. All right? And again, this is a faith issue. For all of us, this becomes a faith issue. But it is, it is, it is, it is the thought that you do not have control, okay, or you have no certainty, if you will, over the future. And it's often because of negative experiences in the past. 
your anxiety, much of it, I'm not saying all of it, much of it comes from negative experiences that you have had in the past. You Listen, you want to control the future because you've been hurt in the past. And you want to do everything you possibly can to make sure that you don't have a repeat of what happened to you in the past. That's why people are controlling. That's why people are anxious. That's why we have a lack of faith sometimes, because something has happened to us in the past, and we want to make sure that we don't get a repeat of what happened to us in the past. Then we get anxious because we know we can't control the future. We don't know what's going to happen. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. God is a God who wants to fulfill his purpose for your life. He wants you to move from bondage to the promised land, right? Like the Hebrews. He wants you to get out of Egypt and he wants you to go to the promised land. But you're not going to get to the promised land if anxiety is, is constantly burdening you. Because here's the You go from bondage. Remember we talked about this? As you go from bondage, you're going through a process. You're going through the wilderness. In the wilderness, there are things that you're not going to be able to anticipate. That's what keeps people in bondage. Present pain, what do I always say? Present pain for so many people is better than an unknown future, Right? Present pain is better than an unknown future. This is exactly what I'm talking about. If I go from here to here, what's going to happen in the middle? I'm not going to go. I have no certainty what's going to happen. I'm not in control of what's going to happen. Therefore, I'm not going to do it. Listen, no one can control all the events and circumstances of their lives. It is absolutely impossible. All we, listen, all we can do is control the physical, the emotional and spiritual response to those events. We can only control what happened, the event, it happens. The only thing you can control is how you respond to that event, how you spiritually respond, how you emotionally respond. Things are going to happen that are out of your control. Things are going to happen that are out of my control. And I grew up. I've told you stories about growing up and going from a different school to each play, you know, every year for six years. I went to a different school from kindergarten through sixth grade. Always a new situation. Do you think do you think that's not going to have an effect when you get older? Going into new situations, going to whatever. And so that's what happens. Satan then weaves those the lies into the fabric of your life. And so then you start reacting to your past instead of dealing with your present and trusting God with the future. That's what he doesn't want you to do. That's why he says, don't be anxious. I've got this covered. Don't be anxious about it. Okay, so all we can really do when the events happen is respond That's the only thing we we should be responsible for is responding to what happens in our lives. So, okay, so how do we how do we minimize anxiety in our lives? Well, Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven says we need to pray about it. We need to pray about it. We need to give it over to God. We need to pray about the things that are causing concern in our minds. So I have a couple of things we're going to lay out here. The first one is, the first thing that we need to do is ask God to take action on our behalf. Petition him. Write that down, okay? Ask God, and I want you to, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, after the service, um, I want you to get, or next week too, get as many of the CDs as you can and hand these out to people who are struggling with this. And also, maybe invite them next week to the, to the new series that we're starting. That'll really be helpful for them. 
Right. So the first thing you need to do is is ask God to take action on your behalf. Petition him. Some of you are, are being kept awake at night. Because of your anxious thoughts, your anxious thoughts are keeping you awake at night. And so the question is, how is prayer going to help you with those anxious thoughts that keep you awake at night? Well, and this is from experience. This is I didn't read this anywhere. This is from my own personal experience of overcoming, trying to overcome. And it's worked. Okay, what you need to do is you need to bring to mind the things that are waking you up and you're worrying about and and you're anxious about. Bring them to mind that night, that night. Okay, maybe you want to write them down as prayer requests. But if it's your your son or daughter at college, if it's uh, your job, whatever you you, you think you, you bring them to mind, you write them down or just bring them to mind and you pray about every single one of those things and you give it over to the Lord. You say, well, if I think about it the night before I go to sleep, I won't be able to sleep. That's not true. That's not true. It's waking you up. It's in your mind anyway. And what's happening is you're not dealing with it. You're not giving over to God. So at three o'clock in the morning, boom, your mind wakes up just for a moment. It runs right to those problems and you lay there at night. And here's the thing about laying there at night. You can't do anything about it except think about it. And it causes you when you get up in the morning and actually act upon those things, they're less stressful. But laying there at night. So what you need to do is you need to bring those things to mind. If you can, write them down before you go to bed, okay? Even maybe an hour or two before you go to bed. Write them all down. Bring them all to mind. Pray about every single one of them. Give them over to the Lord and go to sleep. Now, I'm not saying it's going to work for everyone, but it certainly worked for me. I haven't woken up with anxious thoughts in months, okay? Almost a year because I did it about, I started doing this about a year ago. Just give it over to the Lord. So we want to ask God to take action on our behalf. See, asking God to help you, if it becomes necessary, okay, to deal with them. Let me say that again. Asking God to help you if it becomes necessary to deal with them. You say, what what do you mean if it's necessary to deal with them? Here's the reality. Research reality, okay? 85% of what you worry about and you're anxious about never happens. Think about that. So 85% of what we worry about as human beings never actually transpires, all right? The 15% that's left, I saw a study that 79%, almost 80% of the people, okay, in this study said that, the, that what they were anxious about or worried about wasn't as bad as they thought or they handled it better than they thought they would. So the 15% less, they, even that was no big deal. So very, a very small amount of what we worry about ever actually comes to fruition, actually happens in the first place. And if it does, God gives you the ability to handle it. Or it's not as bad as you thought it did because he intervenes in it. So think about the waste of time that we go through when we are anxious and worried about things when 85 to actually 90% of what we worry about never happens. So what we need to do is give them over to him. Give those thoughts over to him. Give those concerns over to him. And then listen, this is what, the, this is what Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says. Thank him. Okay, Thank him in advance for what he's going to do in your life. Don't wait to thank him after it happens. Thank him in advance for what he's going to do in your life. And as you're praying, you also, you also basically, you, you want to you thank God or ask God to remind you of all the times that he helped you and he carried you through and he remedied the situation even before or maybe you never asked. He just responded anyway. You didn't have to ask him. He fixed a problem without you even asking. 
How many times in our lives does God come along and fix a problem? We don't even recognize it. God comes along and fixes a problem before we even ask. He loves us that much. He's not waiting. If I see my child doing something that's going to harm my child, I don't wait for them to ask for my help. I respond right away. If they're near the edge of the stairs or something when they were younger, I wasn't going to wait till they fall or on the way down, grab me, daddy. You know what I'm saying? You kind of grab them before they actually fall. That's what God does. We need to, we need to basically, we need to ask God to remind us of how he's rescued us in the past without us even asking. All right. Next one. We need to control our minds. You need to control your mind, okay? You need to control your anxious thoughts. We need to, this, this is a learned, this can be learned. This really can be learned. We need to control our anxious thoughts. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. The heart includes, from a biblical standpoint, the, the heart includes the mind and everything that proceeds from the mind. Okay, so the heart here in Proverbs is talking about your mind. Guard your mind. When anxious thoughts come into your mind, you, you need to stop them before they get too far. Say, how do you do that? It, you can do that. So when an anxious thought comes into your mind, all right, you need to guard like a, like a guard, like a, like a military guard. Guard your mind. Something comes in, you need to stop it. You need to stop that thought. Before, before it gets too far. Understanding how your mind works is so important. Understanding how your mind works and then asking God to help you to control your mind or, in some cases, to be honest with you, rewire your mind. Your brain is an incredible, incredible thing. And it wires itself in certain ways based upon your, your past experiences. But you can ask God to rewire that. You change your behavior. You change the way you do things. And your brain can be rewired. So you ask God to control, help you control it. Or if you need, need be rewire it. Let me give you an example from my own life. God designed me to be able to think of a lot of different options, if you will, very quickly. And how those options connect to other ideas that I've had in the past or someone gave to me. So my mind goes, someone throws something out. I, I can think of all the different options and then how those options play into other ideas. So if there's an opportunity, I'm able to process through the plan very quickly so I can take advantage. I can seize that opportunity. So I'll start thinking, okay, here's the opportunity. Okay, what people need to be brought around this opportunity? What resources need to be brought around this opportunity? Ah, but this might happen, and this person does this. What is plan B? What is plan C? What if, what if, what if I play chess in my mind? That's the way my mind works. I can do this, I can shut that off and do this, and, and that's absolutely wonderful. The problem is when someone tells me of a potential problem that may affect Grace Chapel... My mind goes through a similar pattern, right? Think, just, just think about this. It goes through a similar process. What, what, what's the issue and how do I solve the problem? What is the potential issue, right? And then how do I solve the problem? What are my options? And then it continues to, to, to lay out maybe possible, other possible options or concerns, 
So then I have to deal with those other possible options and concerns, and I have to bring to bear what the possibilities are. So if this is a problem, what possibly could happen from this problem? Well, this could happen, this could happen, this or this could happen. And so then I come up with all kinds of ways to deal with each of those possible outcomes. Can you see that would cause you anxiety? Think about that. My brain on one end, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, my brain, that same, that same brain on the other end, problem, what's the possible potential of these problems? How do I solve each of these problems? What if this? What if that? What if this? I need to bring this person. We may need this money. We need all these things to solve. Guess what? I'm solving a problem that's not even real. So I'm sitting around and waking up at night because someone said there's possibly something could happen to affect the church. And so my mind goes on this. Right. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. I no longer, reality, this is reality, I no longer allow my mind to go through the natural, genetic, and often environmentally driven course. Please try to undergrasp what I'm saying here. Someone says something may happen to the church, possible, and this could negatively affect the church. I have that information. All right? I have the information. That's as far as it's going to go until it actually happens. I will not entertain those other thoughts any longer. But what if? doesn't matter. I will deal with it when it happens. I will not entertain those thoughts. You can come to my house, but that doesn't mean I want you there. And it doesn't mean I will entertain you when you get there. And usually if I don't entertain you, you'll go home. Right? You'll go home. When I was a youth pastor, it didn't work because I was a youth pastor. Kids would come over our house and they'd stay and they'd stay. There's always two kids who stayed there. It's like they had no homes. And so they would, they would hang out at my house. I'd start turning lights off. The kids would be upstairs sleeping, Deb's up. And they'd just sit on the couch. I, when, I, when I was growing up, I had a friend named Bobby Bala. He was from India. And uh, we'd hang outside of his window. We're at 11, 11, 12 o'clock at night. And his father finally got really sick. i got to stay here. Finally, <laughs> finally got sick and tired of him. He would open his window and he would yell, Go to your homes. Go to your homes. And I never forgot that. And I would say to those high school kids, go to your homes. You know, please leave. Right. But here's the deal. If you don't, if I don't entertain it, it usually goes away. You, you cannot entertain those thoughts. Now I deal with it when it's real. There are a whole bunch of things out there right now that I know I, ha- I, may, I may possibly have to deal with. But you know what's going to happen? When they become real, my brain, the good side, okay, will react the way it normally does. Boom, boom. Who do I need to bring to bear on this? What resources do I need? And do I need to call any lawyers? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? All those things will happen. Why should I lay in bed at 3 o'clock in the morning going over something that may never happen? It's a waste of my time. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god right that's what we're talking about here proverbs 425 says let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you do not allow your mind to wander you say well you how do you do that you you can do that it takes spiritual discipline, but you can do it. The Bible, this is what Proverbs is saying. Do not allow your mind to wander. Deal with what happens. Don't start dealing with things that might happen. God is in control of future mights or coulds or what ifs. God is in control of those things. I am not. 
I'm not in control of what might happen. I'm not in control of what could happen. I'm not in control of the what if scenarios. I'm not in control of those things. But God is in control of those things. And Proverbs is saying, fix your gaze straight ahead. Don't let your mind wander in all these other, in all these other places. It's a waste of your time. You cannot do anything about something that hasn't happened. You're smart enough, you're savvy enough, you're wise enough, and you have a God who's going to help you when it does happen. So deal with what is, not what might be. That's what the Bible is telling us. Okay, so next, we need to find our security in Christ. Each one of us needs to find our security in Christ. Anxiety is often proportional to our feelings of security, right? If we're feeling secure, we're not as anxious. It's not, it's not, we don't have the same anxiety. See, if your life is playing out the way you lay it out, then you worry less, correct? If you, you've, you've got your, you got your three-year plan. I love Cincinnati. I got my one-year plan. I got my three-year plan. I got my five-year plan. I got my 10-year plan, right? And it's good. It's fine. And as long as your life is playing out the way you lay it out, then you're not going to have many worries. But the problem is, if they're not, then anxiety starts to increase. If we feel threatened, if we feel insecure, if things aren't panning out the way we thought we, they would, then all of a sudden our mind starts drifting down a negative path. And that once you start drifting down that negative path, it's so hard to stop. What happens? What happens if? What happens if? Well, here's the thing. When that happens in your life, you need to go to 1 Peter 5, 7, right? It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. When that starts coming, you feel that anxiety? It says, cast it on him. Cast it on him. Cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. I've got it covered. I can do this. That's what God's saying. Regardless of what happens, even if the worst case scenario happens, okay, God God is going to walk with you every step of the way. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. We need to remember what what Philippians chapter 4 is saying. We need to to pray. We need to pray and leave our worries with Jesus Christ. And when we do that over and over and over again, it begins to build our faith and our trust in God. And over a period of time, after a while, you start to realize, wait a second, I'm, I'm whatever years old, and I've worried about so many things, I can't even remember all the things I've worried about. And here I stand. Right? Think about it. All the things that have caused us sleepless nights. I, I will tell you right now, everybody in this room, if you came up here, what, what, what was that that caused you those sleepless nights? I have I got sleepless nights. Well, what does it cause those sleepless nights? You, won't even, you couldn't even remember from a couple years ago. But they have such a profound impact on our lives. See, if we give it over to God and we pray about it, and we give it over to him, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you, then it will build our faith and trust in him. And the next time Satan puts something in our minds, we say, whoa, 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 time out. This is not real. I'm not going to deal with it until it becomes real in my life. That's what we need to do. Next, this is huge. We have to have an eternal perspective. Please, guys, you need to think about this. I talk about it, I talked about it before, but you have to have an eternal perspective. Our anxiety only increases when we focus on earthly concerns, temporal things. When your focus is all about this earth, 
and the things of this earth and all the things that are happening and all the things you're worried about. When, when you focus on earthly things, your anxiety goes through the roof. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19, 19 through 21 reminds us of this. Do not, do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When I first came to Christ, I moved to Virginia. I had no idea. I, I knew I wanted to do ministry in some way, but I, don't know, I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know what you had to do to, to be in ministry. I was, you know, eight, just turned 18 years old. I had no plan. I had no plan. For, I really had some concerns. I was, I was worried a lot about what I was going to do with my future because I had no plans laid out. A lot of you guys, you, you have your whole life almost, you know, I'm going to go to this college. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, I want to be this. I, wanna be, I didn't have any of that. I was really, and I had a lot of anxiety about what the future was going to bring. And it was during that time in Virginia that I was living with my dad. I, I, he, he, did, he did nothing wrong at all. But it was a really tough time for me because I didn't know what the future was going to bring. And I was very anxious about it. But it was during that time that God taught me so many awesome lessons. So many awesome lessons. And one of them is from Matthew chapter 6 the whole chapter, but I'm going to read 25 through 27. It says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. <clears throat> Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to his life? You know, I want you to just think about this for a second. You can't worry yourself out of a problem. I like to show of hands, who's ever worried themselves out of a problem? You sat there, you were wringing your hands, and you, you stayed up till 3 o'clock in the morning, or you stayed from 3 to all night, and you were anxious, and your stomach was sick and everything. How many people have solved a problem by anxiety and worry? Raise your hand. So, okay, so anxiety and worry have never, ever solved the problem. They never solved the problem. Because, again, most of the things we worry about actually never even happen. Charles Spurgeon wrote this. I love it. Anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but it only empties today of its strengths. You start thinking about that, and I mean, you really start thinking about that. Here's what's happening. Satan gets you so worn out having anxiety attacks and worrying and fretting and all you you are zapped of your strength so if something does happen you're already exhausted you're mentally exhausted you've been up all night thinking about it you're anxious you can't think clearly so even if something does happen you're not in a strong enough position to deal with it it's it's insidious it's actually amazing weaken the person who's feeling that which weaken them so if something does come up they're not clearly thinking about how to deal with that problem. See, the Bible is saying to us, it says, do not worry. It's, I don't want you to worry about it. Colossians 3.2 says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. God teaches us, God's word teaches us that we have to deal with things that are real. We have to deal with the problems that occur and not obsess with future concerns that may never happen. 
Focus on the things that really matter. Matthew 6.34 says this, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen? Each day has enough trouble of its own. When it's in front of you, deal with it. Don't worry about tomorrow. What did Paul say? I'll go, to, I'll go here, I'll go there, if it be the Lord's will. You don't even know you'll be alive tomorrow to do whatever you're worried about. So what are we worried about? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And then in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, as I close out here, is another great example. Another great example. It's a story of Martha and Mary. Right? Martha is running around the house. Jesus is there. He's coming over. So she's running around and running around, getting all the details and, and feeling overwhelmed in the process. Mary, on the other hand, Mary decides it's more important for me to sit at the feet of Jesus as he's talking and learn from him. So Martha, scurrying around, scurrying around, got to fix this, got to do that, got to make everything perfect. Oh, it's out of place, out of place. What is Jesus going to think? While Jesus is sitting with Mary at his feet, Mary's learning from him. Martha says to Jesus, Mary... She says to Jesus, tell Mary to follow my lead. She's not doing anything. Tell her to follow my lead. And this is what Jesus says in response. You are, listen to the words, you are worried and anxious about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. What is the one thing that freed Mary from anxiety and the worries that were burdening her sister? Mary did not get caught up in the chaos, okay? The chaos, and here's my, hear my, hear my words, and the self-imposed demands of the day. Instead, she focused on Jesus. The self-imposed, I'm saying, demands of the day. I mean, you, I, want you to, I want you to think about that. The Bible doesn't say... Some people, you read that. The Bible doesn't say that Mary was, was lazy. It doesn't say she was irresponsible. It doesn't say that at all. What she did was she put Jesus first, first thing, Jesus, and then she was going to take care of her duties later. Mary had her priorities in line. I want, I want you to think about this. Sometimes we create our own stress. Sometimes we create the stress in our own lives. We, 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 we have no margin anymore. There's no margin. We're over, we overschedule ourselves and then we overschedule our entire family. We have no margin. Then we walk around. If anything, if one little thing happens, we're like, our blow, we blow our stack because we don't have the margin to deal with it because we're so overscheduled. That's number one. Now, here's the other thing. We create situations that are, that are difficult by our own choices. So many people are in financial trouble. So, so many people are in legal trouble. Every single one of us knows someone who has physically uh, been physically injured or if not died by poor choices in their lives. They made poor choices and either physically harmed them or they basically died, physically died. We all know people like that because of poor choices. Now, I'm going to read you a passage from Proverbs, and I want you to get the general principle here, okay, of choices. It's Proverbs 6, 19 through 15. It says, how long will you lie there, you sluggard? 
When will you get out of, when will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. Choice. Why are you in the situation you're in? Because of your choices. And then it says, a troublemaker and a villain who goes about with corrupt mouth, who winks maliciously with his eye, signals with his feet, and motions with his fingers, who plots evil with deceit in his heart. I'm going to stop just for a second, okay? It says he always stirs up conflict. What that means is that you are, you are literally using every form of verbal and nonverbal communication to stir up trouble. And then it goes on to say, therefore disaster will overtake him in an instant and he will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. What he has tried to cause in other people's lives will be caused in his own life, will be brought about in his own life. All the winking, oh, you know, the, the little movements. and the, you, know, you, you, ever, you ever sit at a table with someone and saying someone over here is saying something that's really, you think is kind of dumb. You're like, you look at the other person like, now, you don't, have to, you don't have to move your face. All you have to do is catch eye contact with your best friend over there just for five seconds, and your friend knows exactly what you're thinking. Right? That's what it's talking about. That's not in, well, that's kind of negative when you're, when you're eyeballing other people to pick on someone. I guess that's, that's, that's not, not too great. But that's what it's talking about. It's like, when, it's like when Pharaoh, remember when Pharaoh wanted to kill all the Hebrew children, the males in the family? What happened? What ended up happening to Pharaoh? That plague was upon him. That came upon him. That's what Proverbs is talking about. See, we need to make choices to help us live our lives that, in such a way that it eliminates the stress, not causes it. So if you're, if you're choosing, you're making choices right now in your life that are causing you stress, step back and think about that. And you can say, well, it's this person and that person. They caused this and that's why I'm doing it. Baloney, okay? You have a choice to make. This is your life. This is your life. Stop blaming other people. Is it true that they've done that? Yes. Is it true that you, you, your life is harder? Yes. Is it true that you've been? Absolutely. Those are all maybe true, okay? But then the question is, now what? Now what? All those things are true. Now what? Now you have to make choices that keep you from living a life of stress and anxiety, we need to have the discipline to walk in God's ways. Okay, so if we focus our hearts and minds on Jesus Christ, and if we discipline ourselves, hear me out, we discipline ourselves to walk in his ways, he will free us from the worries and take care of the rest of our sorrows and our difficulties and our strains. God will take care of those things. Bow your heads with me. Father God, this is a real challenge. This is not easy for any one of us, Lord God. We live in a world that seems like it's coming apart sometimes. No matter where we turn, we turn on the news and there's bad news. And we look at it, and there's bad news over here and there's situations and we're struggling. And Lord, it becomes overwhelming. But we know through your word, because of who you are in our lives, because of the promises that you've made to us, we can overcome these things. So, Father God, I pray with all of my heart that we would have that eternal perspective, that we would focus our hearts and our minds on you, that we would follow through this process, Lord, and think through everything we talked about this morning, that we would apply these things to our lives, 
not just now, but that we would listen to it maybe over and over and over again until these concepts become a part of who we are. So we're no longer laying in bed worrying about things that we don't need to worry about. We're no longer stressing and having anxiety over things that haven't happened yet. You're in control of the future. So, Father, help us just to respond to the events that are real in our lives. And when we respond to those, give us the strength of your Holy Spirit to respond in a way that honors you and strengthens us. We pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Have a great week. Thank you very much.